today on Jeff's podcast. Hey everybody, my topic today is red tape. The term red tape originates with Charles V, King of Spain and the Holy Roman Emperor in the early 16th century. When leaders would take the scrolls of the business that were the most important and needed to be given immediate attention, they would bind the scrolls or the books with red tape that would signify the importance, immediacy, or urgency of the matter. Today, the term red tape, centuries later, is the very thing that stands in the way and delays the resolution of a matter. In Genesis chapter 38 is the story that I want to focus on. When you read it, it seems out of place in the book. In chapter 37 is the story of Joseph being sold into slavery by his brothers. In chapter 39, Joseph is bought by Potiphar's wife. Right in the middle, in chapter 38, is a story that reminds us that regardless of our dilemma, God is still in control. If you go to Matthew and you read the lineage of Jesus, you'll discover in verse 3 a man that is born in Genesis 38. His name is Perez, the son of Judah. His name means breakout. In Genesis 38, verse 27, it says, When the time came for her, Perez's mother, to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb, and she was giving birth. As she was giving birth, one of them put out his hand so that the midwife took a scarlet thread and tied it on his wrist and said, this one came out first. But when he drew back his hand, his brother came out and she said, so this is how you have broken out. And he was named Perez. Then his brother, verse 30, who had the scarlet thread on his wrist came out and he was named Zerah. Perez is a man who was not supposed to be born first, according to Genesis 38. His twin brother emerged from the womb. First, by thrusting his hand out of the womb, and the midwife tied a scarlet ribbon around his hand so she could identify the firstborn. The baby withdrew his hand, however, and Perez was born first. Even though he was not chosen... He was the firstborn, entitled to the birthright, entitled to the blessing of his father because he was the firstborn. He wasn't the first to emerge, but he was the first to be birthed. This midwife represents to me a school of thought that embraces common sense and conventional wisdom with no room for things that are unexplainable. Common sense says that the one who stuck his hand out was the first. Conventional wisdom says that the one who stuck his hand out would be the first to break out. Conventional wisdom states that the baby who was the first to be seen would be the first to break out. But sometimes God does things that defy common sense and conventional wisdom. Sometimes God does things that defy man's presuppositions. Perez, the baby who broke out, represents to me my struggle. I find myself curious about the relationship these two babies must have had in the womb. I find myself wondering if they are like we are told most twins behave in the womb. I read a study somewhere that twins are believed to interact in the womb as early as 14 weeks. 
This represents to me my two natures, the God nature on the inside of me and the sin nature that I was born with, that you were born with. And these two are at war with each other since the day we breathed our first breath. My destiny in a struggle with my situation. My vision in a struggle with my circumstances. My purpose in a struggle with my pain. My destiny says that God has big plans, but my circumstances say it's impossible. My vision says that things are going to happen in my life that are beyond my imagination. But my situation says you can't even get up out of bed in the morning and take a shower and put on your clothes. My purpose says you were put on this earth to do more than past time. But my pain says you don't have it in you to be well. The struggle in the womb is a struggle to be birthed, a struggle to break out. I'm supposed to be the firstborn, the heir, but... My sin nature wants to stick his hand out first and stop and delay the process. In some ways, the child who stuck his hand out of the womb first represents the voice of the enemy in my head. When I'm trying to come into my season, the enemy tries to stand in the way. In some ways, the midwife represents more than just conventional wisdom and common sense, but structure and hierarchy and governmental authority, judgment and the words of men. The midwife didn't see the struggle in the womb. The midwife saw a hand. The midwife didn't hear the argument between me and the devil. All the midwife saw was a hand, and she tied a red ribbon around it as a means of identification. But God identifies by the heart, not by the red tape. What the midwife didn't know was that the baby would retract his hand and Perez would break out. When Perez was born, she expected him to have a red scarlet thread tied around his wrist, but it wasn't there. She expected that baby to have red tape attached to it. The red tape to us means that this person has been vetted. This person has been tested. This person has been educated, and they have the credentials. This man or woman has the following and the influence. They're an influencer. Red tape. I'm, I'm speaking, of course, about the things that get in our way of doing something great for God. Conventional wisdom recognizes red tape as the rite of passage. But God says, this person may not look qualified. This person may not have the credentials. This person may not have the initials of the degrees behind his name. But this person is the one I have chosen. I don't have the scarlet thread wrapped around my wrist. I wasn't chosen because uh, by conventional wisdom because of my credentials and my education and my experience and wisdom. I was chosen because I was called. I'm not the one with the red tape, but I'm the one with the birthright. I'm not the one with the scarlet thread, but I'm the one God has chosen. And when conventional wisdom says that the first baby is going to be born first, the one who thrust his hand out of the womb will be born first, God said, I'm going to pull back the one who has been chosen by man, and I'm going to birth the one that I have chosen. I'm going to allow the one without the red tape to come into his season, even though he wasn't the one who, who they expected. I'm going to allow the one without the red tape to be promoted. Even though he wasn't the one who was qualified, I'm going to allow the one without the red tape to be birthed into his destiny, and into his purpose. Even though he's not the one whom they expected, and he doesn't look like what they expected, and he didn't come at a time that they expected, he's the one I have chosen. It's his time. It's 
his season. Conventional wisdom says the baby with the red tape is the one who gets the birthright. He was the first to emerge from the womb. The baby with the red tape was the first baby on the stage. The baby with the red tape got there first. Perez was named Breakout because he broke out of the womb ahead of his brother. You have to make up your mind that you are going to prevail over every lie the enemy whispers in your ear. When you're in the womb of gestation, the womb of training, the womb of formation, the the enemy will do and say all the right things to get you to hold back and take second place. God didn't call you to take second place. He didn't call you to to sit back and take a backseat to your own story. He called you to be birthed into a destiny and a vision and a purpose that he foreordained just for you. God is in the business of breakout anointing. Think about King David. He had a breakout anointing when he was a boy. He found himself in the camp of the Israelites who were cowered down, trying to decide who was going to stand against the giant. All David came to do was deliver to his brothers some food. But he saw what was happening and said, I'm not going to let this Philistine stand down there and defy the armies of the Lord our God. And he volunteered without hesitation, throwing caution to the wind, throwing conventional wisdom to the wind, throwing the opinion of man to the wind. He didn't go down there with a sword or a spear. He didn't go down there with the armor that belonged to somebody else. He didn't go into that valley to face Goliath with the systems and the structures that were built and formed and created by somebody else for someone else. He didn't go into that valley and face the enemy doing it like Saul or his brothers. He was just being David. Think about that for a moment. When he went into the valley and faced Goliath, he said, you come to me with a spear and a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. Can you imagine how astonished conventional wisdom and those of common sense were when David killed the giant with a slingshot and a stone? This is a weapon he had used many times before. Can you imagine all the other soldiers and all of the other champions of Israel's army? Maybe they were coming to David and saying, David, can you do a seminar? Can you teach a class? Can you do a Zoom call? Can you show me how you did that? Can you give me the steps? Can you give me the recipe? Can you give me the format? I want to do it like you, David. If I do it like you, I'll get it done. If I just had your anointing, if I just had your skill, if I just had your courage, I can imagine David saying, I wasn't doing anything special. I was just being me. I was just doing what I do every day. You see, when I'm in the pasture and I'm watching my father's flock, I've had to kill bears and I've had to kill lions. This Philistine was just another animal coming after my father's flock. I wasn't doing anything special. I was just being me. I've just, I was just doing what I've always done. When someone has a breakout anointing and their name comes on the scene and they become a person of prominence, it's not because they just began to do something right. It's not because they just started preaching like a man or a woman on fire. It's not because they just started pastoring a mega church. It's because it was their time. 
because when no one was watching and there was no world stage and there was no household name, they were still killing lions and bears. They were still practicing with their slingshot. They were just being themselves. Your discipline, your anointing, your integrity, your character, and your servanthood in private is what will dictate who you are in public. You may be saying, why hasn't God let me come into my season? Why haven't I broke out yet? Perhaps it's because God's still doing something in you. Perhaps it's he's still working the kinks out of you. Perhaps he's still trying to, you're still trying to be like somebody else. Perhaps you're still trying on the armor of somebody else. Perhaps you're still listening to the naysayers, the folks that call you their brother and your sister that are telling you to go back home. You don't even belong in this battle. This isn't even your arena. You have no business acting like you're a big shot. You have no business coming out on this battlefield. This situation's too big for you. Stop listening. Hear me now. Stop listening to the quote-unquote brothers that are telling you you don't belong. Because when God brings you into your time, he's going to elevate you among the clan, and he's going to vindicate you in front of those that told you you don't belong here. Perhaps it was Perez who first understood the kingdom principle that the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Every time I begin to think about my purpose and dream about the destiny God has planned for me, the devil is always in the womb with me, trying to keep my feet on the ground and my head out of the clouds, telling me things like, you haven't worked hard enough for that. There, aren't, there are people that have worked harder than you and are more educated than you, that are more prominent than you, and still haven't achieved what you're dreaming for. Every time I start dreaming about what God has promised, dreaming about the day that my purpose will begin to take its perfect form, dreaming about the day that I'll be living in what I now only envision, my twin brother, my flesh, is in the womb with me, struggling with me, reminding me, You disqualified yourself because of what you said. You disqualified yourself because of your decisions, because of your actions, because of your failure, because of the opportunities you've missed, because of your personality deficits, because of your uh, handicaps. You're not smart enough to do that. You're not skilled enough to do that. You aren't big enough to handle what you're dreaming about. You're not wise enough to walk in that place. Every time my spirit begins to connect with tomorrow, every time my spirit begins to connect with my future, the enemy frantically begins trying to reconnect me with my past. Mm. The revelation that I'm trying to impart to you is this. The enemy wants to tie you up with the red tape of your dilemma the red tape of your situation, the red tape of your today, the red tape that says you have to go through steps one through 21 in order for God to use you, that you have to do it this way and you have to do it like this person and you have to go through this avenue and you have to jump through this hoop. Conventional wisdom says there is red tape required for you to be legitimate. God says the breakout anointing is about accelerating you into your season past those whom pharisaical systems have chosen and wrapped them up with red tape. God does not need to tie a scarlet thread around your wrist to know that you're the one he's chosen. You were chosen because of the crimson red blood of Jesus. That's your scarlet thread. Just when I begin to feel like I'm not worthy, 
just when I begin to feel like it's not my turn, just when I begin to feel like my season is never going to come, just when I begin to feel like I've lost my influence, I've missed my moment, just when I begin to feel like I'm on an island isolated from those who could help me, I keep hearing the word of God that I've read over the years that cancel all of those arguments. I remember Psalm 5 and 12, for the Lord will bless the righteous with favor. You will compass him about as with a shield. I remember Psalm 84, 11, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory and no good thing will he withhold from those that walk uprightly. I remember Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2, write the vision and make it plain on tables that he may run who reads it. When I begin to doubt uh, because I don't know how I'm going to finance the vision. I don't know where the provision is coming from. I can't see it with my eyes. I remember Deuteronomy 28, verse 6. God said, you will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. Verse 11 and 12 said, the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods in the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy cattle and the fruit of thy ground in the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers to give you. He shall open unto you his good treasure, the heaven to give rain upon the land and his season and to bless all the work of your hands and thou shalt lend to many nations and not borrow. I remember Proverbs 10 and 22, the blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. I remember Psalm 68 verse 19, blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation. I remember Psalm 145 verse 16, thou openest thine hand and satisfies the desire of every living thing, when I begin to feel like I'm unqualified. And I remember that my lack of qualifications are no match for his anointing. Hallelujah. I remember Psalm 45, verse 7. You have loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of joy among your fellows. When I start to feel like I don't have the knowledge or the wisdom, I remember 1 John chapter 2, verse 27, for the anointing which you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need for anyone to teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about all things, and it is just and true, and it is not a lie. And just as it has taught you, you abide in him. When I start to think about the danger of walking in my destiny and the hazards of walking into my dream, I remember the words of promise that he would protect me. Psalm 34, verse 7 and 9, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge and fear in the Lord, for those who fear him lack nothing. I remember Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17, no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against me, I shall condemn for this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. I remember Isaiah 41, verse 10 and 12. So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. And those who wage war against you will be as nothing at all. Conventional wisdom of men and the opinions of those in the know haven't seen my struggle in the womb. When I break out, they're going to look for the red tape, but it's not going to be there because I wasn't the one who they picked. 
I wasn't the one who was supposed to break out. I wasn't the one who was supposed to come into my season. I wasn't the one who was supposed to realize my destiny. I wasn't the one who was supposed to hold in my hands what I've only held in my heart. They didn't expect me. They expected somebody who was smarter than me. They expected somebody who was wiser than me. They expected somebody who was more educated than me. They expected somebody who's worked harder than me. They expected somebody else. They expected someone to whom they had already attached the red tape of their approval. The revelation here is that just because men wrapped your wrist with a scarlet thread doesn't mean you're ready. Perez's brother thrust his hand out of the womb, but he wasn't ready. He was reaching for a birthright that wasn't his, but it wasn't his time. He retreated back into the womb. The reason that you've been waiting is because God is preparing you for your time. He's not going to bring you into your season of destiny and abundance until you're prepared. He's not going to let the world tie upon you false and unfair expectations. Zerah was also born his brother, but it wasn't his destiny to bring about the lineage of the Messiah. Just because someone else breaks out before you doesn't make you second class. Hear me now. Just because someone else's dream comes before yours doesn't make you a disenfranchised child of God. You should honor those who break out, who pass you up, who get their shot before you get your shot, who see their vision before you see your vision. You should honor them and rejoice with them, not resent them, because you're not going to stay in the womb. You also are going to be birthed with a different purpose and a different plan. I'm going to rejoice with you when you break out. I'll be cheering for you when your season comes. I'll be rejoicing with you when your break happens because I want you to rejoice with me when I come into my season. Red tape. The Urban Dictionary defines it like this. When you want to do something, but it would be a pain because of the complications. You can't afford to forfeit your destiny just because the devil has convinced you it's too complicated. Here's an interesting commentary to close with today. The baby with the scarlet thread, Perez's brother named Zara. It means rising. Isn't it true that the world is always looking for a rising star, but God always touches his chosen with a breakout anointing? In the kingdom, the rising that looks impressive always loses out to the breakthrough that doesn't. Hold fast. Your breakthrough is coming. I hope you've been encouraged by this word today. Have a great day. I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in today. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on any major podcast platform or Jeff's YouTube channel. For more information about this ministry, visit us at jeffwolf.org. Just Released is Jeff's newest book, 10 Reasons Why. You can get it free by texting the keyword RESTORED to 833-649-1545. Message and data rates may apply. We'll see you next week. Be blessed.